Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Uh, so, Riley, I know you're really excited. Yeah, I, 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 I was going to just talk. I don't know what I was going to talk about, but I wasn't going to I wasn't going to make you all listen to me talk about it until I make you all listen to the whole thing and we do a whole episode about it. I figured since you stayed up half the night listening to Taylor Swift music, you'd at least want to mention it. Okay, I just... <laughs> She had a new album coming out at midnight, mm-hmm. so I was ready at midnight, and it's called Midnights. This all makes sense to me. So I was up at midnight. She told us the track list, 13 songs. We listened to all 13. Then she says, I have a chaotic announcement at 3 a.m., a.k.a. midnight, Pacific time. So another midnight, right? There's seven more songs. It's Midnight's the 3 a.m. edition. Now there's a 20-song album also. Now... Are there two separate albums, actually? Yeah. Like oh, Two wow. physical... Like, I ordered, I pre-ordered a CD that the CD is Midnight's. So it has on the front of it the 13 songs. CDs are still... People are... you. What do you... Do you know what to do with a CD? Do you so have a CD I have player? In my car, and I have a CD collection of all Taylor Swift CDs. Uh-huh. So that's why I got one, was more so just, like, to continue getting another one of, like, the first releases... Also in the UK, if you bought if you pre-ordered a CD, it came with a pre-sale code for access, early access to tour tickets. Oh. So I thought maybe she will do the same thing for the US, but she hasn't said so yet. Um, but she also is a marketing genius because she came out with four editions of the CD, and each one's like a different color and has a different cover, and mm. did the same thing with the vinyls. But when you flip them over and put them in like a two by two little square, it makes a clock. Like each of the co- like the backs of the covers has different numbers on it, and they make a clock. So she sold a kit that has four things you put on your wall to put the CD on, with a hand that you put in the middle that's a functioning clock hand. So you can actually make a clock on your wall out of the four vinyls or the four CDs. You just have to buy four CDs or four vinyls. Exactly. Well, actually, five because those go on the wall. One you need to have yeah. operate. Exactly. Dear God. So all of that that she did, that she marketed, had the 13 songs on it. Because t- she said to her it was a concept album, and these 13 songs are the concept album. Mm-hmm. But these seven, she wrote at the same time. She also wanted to share with us, but didn't want them to not... Like, she wanted them to be separate. She wanted the 13 to stand alone. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot. Also, yeah. I feel really bad because there are a bunch of Swifties on TikTok Mm -hmm. that for the last week, ever since she said she had a 3 a.m. chaotic announcement, have been saying it's another album. It's more songs. She wouldn't just do 13 songs because all of her other albums have like 20. A 45 minute album is very short for her. Um, And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, no, that's too wild. She's going to announce a tour or like some music videos or something. She's not going to do two albums. She wouldn't want to mess with them both being able to debut at number one. Mm -hmm. They can't both. So she wouldn't want to do that. And they were right. I, I have to always trust those theorists that are looking into every Easter egg. I don't know that I would always trust. The the Swifty theorists. <laughs> I don't know about that. The Swifty theorists. I have to trust them now. They were right. That's a dangerous rabbit hole to go down. I doubted them. Conspiracy theories. You I, you end up as you end up in QAnon eventually. Well, I did see a tweet All that roads said lead to Q. the Swifty fandom is QAnon for people that were a pleasure to have in class. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> they're not wrong. 
Um, yeah. Or a lot less violent. Uh-huh. Yeah. And because we were a pleasure to have in class. At least you're Less violent, but not, not violent. <laughs> no. But at least your conspiracies have nothing to do with, like, getting adrenochrome out of kids or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, okay, I'm going to make you all talk about this whole album at some point. I just need to tell you all. Um, you all have both watched 30 Rock at some point, I assume, right? Mm-hmm. Probably, like, in some capacity. Yes. They talk about on there the concept of, like, the sexy baby. Like, sexy babies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, women that look very young and men, like, you know, sexualize women that look young. And Mm -hmm. if you look like an actual woman, then you aren't, like, attractive to modern society. Yuck, yes. She, there's a line in one of Taylor's songs that says, Sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby and I'm a monster on the hill. And Twitter has just been wild with like, what is she saying? Why is she saying everyone's a sexy baby? Like there wasn't uh, enough context there to understand like, oh, she's talking about like the cultural idea right. of like, you know, sexualizing young looking women. I gotcha. But so she, it's just a wild line to throw in about there. The pop music landscape and yeah. not necessarily yeah. the world. Yeah. Nobody's calling me a sexy baby. <laughs> Yeah, she feels like everyone else that's popular is a sexy baby. Mm-hmm. And she's like, because in the music video, she's like this extra tall version of herself that's like an actual giant. Oh. So she feels like she's like, you know, not a sexy baby. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a I lot mean, going on there. Yeah, there's just that phrase. is a, It's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate phrasing. Yeah. It is. <laughs> um, the album leaked and that like five second snippet came mm-hmm. across my Twitter the day before the album came out that just said, sometimes I feel like everybody's a sexy baby. And I just refused to believe it was real. I was like, no, nah, someone made this like auto tune, like her voice from other songs or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's real. <laughs> I, I see. I didn't know. I have been obsessed all week with that picture of like the fingers of the universe. Have you seen that? Oh, the yeah. Pillars, yeah. The pillars of something. The new, oh, dad um, told me about this. The way you say that is dismissive. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just, I think like, why would I have heard about this? Yeah, I didn't see it on TikTok. Ah, dad told me about I, it. I'm more surprised that dad told you about it because this branches out from dad's normal, what the things he tells us about, which is usually I just know. somebody who died. Yeah, I know. So, somebody's dead and or something's awful or somebody said and something's awful. That's good though, because if he was telling you about the pictures of the universe, then maybe nobody died. <laughs> Yeah, to find something else to talk about. Um, yeah, the, it you can see new stars being born. That's crazy. I know. I just sat there staring at it. I didn't know how to feel. I don't know if it was good or bad for anxiety. Yeah, I don't know how that would make me feel. I I, th- I think that it's. Uh, I mean, it makes you feel small, and you can choose whether or not that makes you feel bad or good. I like to opt for the good because it's like. I'm so small. I mean, nothing. I'm going to do whatever I like because I'm just so small. I'm so tiny. I don't matter. (laughs) Do whatever you want. It's so small. (laughs) I get that. Yeah. (laughs) There's another side to that, but I won't air those concerns. No, don't don't look at that side. (laughs) Just think about your your infinite smallness and have a good day. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. I can sit here, put my headphones in, and just listen to a little Taylor Swift album. Nothing matters. No. There you go. I'm just going to focus on um, Taylor made me a fantastic 
uh, mm-hmm. costume mm-hmm. for Spooky Pride this so weekend good. here in here in Huntington. We're having Spooky Pride, and uh, Taylor made me a black beard from our Flag Means Death costume. I can't I can't wait to see it all together. Did you did you did you get a wig? Did you did you follow my wig oh, instructions? Yeah. I followed your wig instructions. Okay. I've tried the wig on. I think it's I haven't actually pulled up the hair into the little like half man bunny kind of thing knot. You know, hmm. like part of it is pulled back on top and then yeah. the rest of it's down. I need to actually do that with it, but I sort of like tried it out in the mirror and it works. So wow. it's going to work. It's a little, it's not quite as messy. It looks a little neat. <laughs> looks like <laughs> Blackbeard had his hair done. <laughs> <laughs> having um, a good hair day. Yeah. Having a really good hair day, but otherwise it's going to work That jacket well. is like so cool though. I know. Oh my God. It's so cool. I can't wait. And Justin is Steve Bonnet. So I'm excited to see the whole look. Yes. Yes, we're very excited. Also, I, 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 off the podcast, I can give you some easy things to do to make the hair look messier. Uh, some products. Oh, good. So we'll, okay, yeah, touch base. Good. I need that. I need that. It looks a little too orderly. Yeah, <laughs> you, it, it's hard to imagine that I've been doing any pirating if my hair looks like this. Like, <laughs> so you want it to be disorderly, but in an orderly fashion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Organized chaos. Yeah. That's how you. you that's how we all want our hair to look, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, what you need, you, you need, you need like some, some beach in your hair. Mm, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and there's actually yes. a lot of product. I remember putting like actual salt in my Arya Stark wig and that worked really well. Like with uh, gel just to give mm. it a weird texture. But that's cool. Anyway. That is cool. It evolved okay. past salt, but that works too. All right. All right. Well, there you go. Um, I don't usually speaking pride of is the in be- summer. Speaking of the beach. Spe- the there summer. you go. I don't know. I yeah. <laughs> That's what you did. That's what I did last summer. Hey. But I know what you did last summer. I so we watched I know what you did last summer. That was really bad. Um because we had talked about Sarah Michelle Geller uh, from Do Revenge and we mm-hmm. were like, "Hey, there's a there's a movie with we've already done Buffy. Buffy's the obvious choice, but we've already done Buffy. So let's do I know what you did last summer, another classic 90s horror movie. What year actually? was this movie i didn't even look i watched the movie again and i didn't even look what year it came out um 1997 97 97 what a great year um and it was it was just chock full of like 90s superstars you don't just have sarah michelle geller you've got ryan Phillippe. you've got freddie prince jr you've got jennifer love hewitt You've got Danny Galecki up in there. Mm. I had forgotten that he was in there too. All of these people. Yeah. I I just didn't know. I, I mean, I remembered, also, but I had forgotten. It's it's Johnny. Johnny Galecki. Not Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> you sounded so impressed by him. And yeah. <laughs> And I'd forgotten his name, but I knew him when I well, saw him. I was like, hey. It was a brief moment here where I was like, I wasn't alive then. I'm not the expert, but. Well, he's popular now. Exactly. So, I was yeah. like, he was one of the ones I knew. And I'm pretty sure there's no one named Danny Glenn. Yeah, <laughs> I made that up. the one and only, the, the, <laughs> the Danny Galecki. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> he looks like his name could be Danny. <laughs> I don't know if anybody looks like a Danny. Apparently, Johnny Galecki does to Sydney. He looks like a Danny to me. Don, um, Danny, Johnny, Donnie, Janny. It's all Janny. 
<laughs> that's a name. That's not the same. That's that oh. could be. It could be a name. Janny Jalecki. Don't put it. <laughs> you know Janny Jalecki. That sounds like that's like a guy that turns out to be some evil villain in Spider Man from like the sixties. <laughs> or Scooby Doo. I don't know. <laughs> Who, let's go check out the carnival. Who owns it? Janny Jalecki. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. No. Anyways, yes, this movie is supremely 90s. Just so yes. 90s. It is. It was just... It, and like the... Um, now, I feel like the fashion is relevant. Aren't there, aren't there yeah. pieces that I see the kids wearing today? Yeah, but I also feel like that's because it's just the 90s that have made a resurgence mm-hmm. among the people that did, were not alive then. Black, black rain slickers and, and <laughs> floppy hats. Precisely. <laughs> yeah. Hooks big, for big, hands. Very hooks. in right now. Yeah. Big hooks. Um, no, but like the, I feel like these little tops, bare midriffy tops. Maybe tees. Yeah. And baby tops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are the long skirts in? You know, um... Yes and no. The like uh, the midi length ones mm-hmm. that don't go quite to your ankles but go past the knees, those are mm, interesting. Which you was length. like kind of a nineties look. Yeah, that was. I definitely saw those in Delia's. Mm-hmm. Um. So the plot of I know what you did last summer. It's like your. It's like your classic teen slasher. Four kids driving late at night. They've been drinking. They've been partying. I think it's. Uh, they've definitely been making out. Maybe it's insinuated that it went further, right? Like you, you get the impression they're doing all the classic teen stuff you're not supposed to do. Well, you only get punished in a teen slasher movie if you do. So, so they're they're doing all those things. They're driving late at night on the road uh, because Ryan Phillippe is partying so hard that he's he's got his whole body out of the sunroof and yelling. <laughs> That's what you do when you party really hard. Yeah, I really did think, based on teen movies, that there would be a lot more sunroofs in my life than there have been. <laughs> I know. I haven't been through a single sunroof. Right. Not one. Not one. I you say I that am. like you've been. Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> of course. I'll say, I guess it was just you and me then. Wow. <laughs> you know, at some point, you have to. I was in a... Do you? I was in a limo once. It was not, I was not fancy in a limo. It was a party, like the party bus we were taken to a, 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 a company party at a restaurant I worked at. Anyway, the, the limo has a little sign on it that says you cannot exit the sunroof. So really, they're prepared for what people are going to try to do. But it's like, of all the things, what is it there for? Just a, oh, it's for you to- a little sunlight in my limo ride, please. Just a little sunlight. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is for the moment where like the one, guy at the bachelor party like jumps up out of it screaming holding a bottle of something yeah and says something like i love this city or whatever i don't know you murder too many fishermen that way so they had to ban them yeah (laughs) so they murder a fisherman they they hit a guy and they're like should we call 911 and everybody's like no we would get in trouble which is true they probably would have gotten in trouble yeah, um, but but not a great like if this is an ethics puzzle, I think they all fail. So the four of them decide instead to uh, go dump the body in the ocean 
I guess this is an ocean, right? Yeah, this is a body, Some of, body water. of water. Yeah, it's like a coastal fishing town. Mm-hmm. So, like, yes, it's a it's an ocean. So they're gonna dump the body in the ocean, and they have a, a the last moment to like do the right thing when like the guy comes back to life for a moment, which they play off like a horror movie moment, like when you think the killer's dead, and then yeah. it's like ta the music, you know, real Michael loud. Myers like starts walking again. Yeah, and yeah. his hand shoots up and grabs her, and it's like, oh, why is that mo- moment not like, oh, thank God he's not dead? Yeah. And instead, they're like, quick, dump him in the ocean. I feel like, and I'm not a lawyer yet, but I feel like you'd get in less trouble now that he's not dead. Yeah, if they hadn't killed him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's not, there's no murder. I mean, when I watched this when I was younger, I I kind of accepted the premise at face value. But watching it again, I'm like, oh, now wait. Because the person driving was not intoxicated. They made that clear. That was Freddie Prince Mm -hmm, Jr. was driving. mm -hmm. He had not been drinking. There was somebody on the road late at night in the dark. Like, accidents happen. The fact mm-hmm. that there were drunk people in the car, you're allowed to drive with drunk people in your car. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he says, but there's liquor everywhere, which insinuates that the way that we test you for alcohol is smelling <laughs> Looking in you. the car. Right. We look in your car and then we smell you and we go, your shirt smells like booze. You're going to jail. You must be drunk. <laughs> you're going to jail. Well, they also were underage, though, right? Uh, uh, they yeah. had just graduated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so maybe it was that more so. Sarah Michelle Geller was just declared fish queen. Fish or queen. Something. Yeah, we're, no, we're going with that. We're absolutely going with that. <laughs> what was she rides in a clamshell later? So it's either that or clam queen. Like Let's queen. go with fish queen. Um, um you well, know, I like. They don't put you away for twenty years for underage drinking. Exactly. No. I had like a very shallow understanding of the plot of this movie i'd never seen it before but like i kind of i mean i knew mm-hmm. the gist uh i didn't know that they knew he came back to life like mm-hmm. i thought it was just like oh they assumed he was dead right but then like without them looking oh he's back to life no they fully knew yeah. that's worse yeah that's so much worse no, that they, is not at that a mistake point, they murdered him yeah like at that point it wasn't an accident we were young we were stupid we made a mistake and we tried to cover it up because we were afraid of the consequences. Yeah. No, they murdered him. And, I mean, he seems like very alive. Like, yeah. Like, because doesn't he open his eyes again when he's underwater and, and Ryan Phillippe has to get the, the fish queen crown? Yeah. Like, he, this guy yeah, is he, trying to make it very clear, like, I am so alive right now. It, yeah, I'm just a little, like, you know, it's a little stunned. Please, I'm not dead yet. It's, it's a, it a weird try. Like, the... It's weird, I, and I don't. I know there were, of course, sequels. I mm-hmm. don't. I I am sure I saw them. You're I, not a fan of the sequel more. I have no. Well, I have it's very, very unsinny of you. I this was one of those horror movies that like I feel like a lot of people watched and a lot of people talked about because the cast was sort of like the very popular teen actors of the time. Yeah, those those were all like the teen heartthrobs. Um, but I would not personally this is just my personal taste i would not say it is an amazing film (laughs) that's just my personal feeling on it i think the world agrees okay it doesn't have the best reviews and ratings so really i think we're all on the same page it's a fun watch it's one that i can turn on and be like "Ooh, spooky turn my brain off my recollection is that when it came out it was like people talked about it in the same sort of like genre as scream like, mm-hmm. you know, and they would like you'd throw them in there like, you know, like teen slasher flicks like Scream or I know what you did last summer. And it's like, that's two very different. Yeah. Like Scream was genuinely terrifying, 
like really changed the way we think about horror movies. Yeah. Um, that is not true about I Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Scream opened a flood, floodgate of movies that tried very hard to be similar to it, where, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you, you kind of, you had like quippy dialogue, you had cool teen actors, you know. I mean, this is, we Urban Legends probably came out around the same time, and I feel like they all sort of fell into the same category. Mm-hmm. That, and like, sometimes Final Destination gets thrown in there, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, yeah. No, I, I love every Final Destination movie. I Someone was saying about the new Halloween movie that, you know, the original concept for the Halloween movies was one would come out every year, and it'd be a different story every time. So the first two being Mm -hmm. about Michael Myers was just a way of finishing off that story. And then the third Mm -hmm. one was supposed to launch what it was supposed to be. And how we missed out on that opportunity to have a cool Halloween movie every year, which I would have loved. But I feel like that'd be cool. But can Final Destination just do that? Can we have a new Final Destination movie every year around Halloween? Because I don't care how overused that plot is. It's evergreen. (laughs) I will... I will wait. I will always watch it. It is a it is a really that's very that is true. It's a very clever mechanism in that movie that like you know what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. This person's going to die. No. We have already so you don't have to stress or worry about it. And so what your brain can focus on is solving the puzzle exactly. of how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You look at all these things the camera zooms mm-hmm. in on, like, hmm, which one's it going to be? Yep. You've seen all the pieces of evidence in the room yep. and you've got to put together the puzzle. Wow. Which you're not gonna. No. Yeah. Those never but get old. This movie doesn't have any of that. It, it, it's, <laughs> I mean, I think it tried to do a similar, like, oh, guess what? Plot twist. Like, Scream kind of did, like, the mm-hmm. reveal of, like, oh, there's two of them, you know? Yeah. Well, you definitely are, are led to believe early on that maybe Freddie Prince Jr. is the one doing it. Yes. Um, because, so they, they kill the guy, they think, and then a year elapses. And none of them are doing particularly well in the wake of having committed murder and hidden it. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. like, Sarah Michelle Gellar's character had talked about going to New York and being an actress. Mm-hmm. And instead, she's working at her family store mm-hmm. or something in town. And Jennifer Love Hewitt is in college, but her grades are really bad and she's not doing well. And... Freddie Prince Jr. has just become a fisherman, which seems pretty chill, but I guess we're sad for him because he lost Jennifer Love Hewitt. Mm-hmm. Like, they were together, and now they can't be together. Well, and he was supposed to go, he was going to go to New York, and she was going to go to Boston, right? Wasn't that it? Oh, was that it? That's, yeah. But, yeah, he, he okay. was also going to go do something. Right. I think he was going to write. Now, Ryan Phillippe's fine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like the jerky rich boy. Mm-hmm. So he's fine. Which they got that they got that trope down. So that's good. Yeah, that's like that still, makes sense. That's yes. Still holds he up. he murdered someone. He has he has already gotten past that. Yeah. He's moved on. He's got other things to do. <laughs> um but then they start receiving threatening messages. I know what you did last summer. Mm. And so someone is stalking them. Somebody knows they killed somebody. Um you know it's good. I mean, I feel like you even if you haven't seen it before, I mean, Riley, you, this was your first time seeing it, right? Yeah. Do you kind of get the sense like you know it's just going to be picking them off one by one and seeing yes. who makes it at the end? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's pretty clear. Yeah. From you, the get-go. You get the the red herring of Freddie Prince Jr. Maybe he's the murderer secretly, mm-hmm. which I don't really feel like they justify. Like, he wanted Jennifer Love Hewitt back, but why would he be... And and he felt bad about what they did. He was not thrilled with the decisions they made. But why would he be murdering them? I don't know. I mean, the motive really doesn't ring. It just seems through. like if you're if you fish, 
you're a suspect. <laughs> yeah, like you have a slicker. That's kind of it. That's how they. That's uh, anybody that's fish adjacent is is yeah. dangerous. And they don't fishy sus- vibe. They don't suspect the fish queen at all. <laughs> that seems weird. <laughs> but then, so then, it Fourth uh, of July is the day they figure he's going to murder them all because Fourth of July is when they murdered him. Yep. Um, and there's this whole side plot with Freddie Prince Jr. knows the guy that they killed, his sister, because he used to be friends with him or something back in high school when he was named Billy Blue. <laughs> I think he made, he made up that name so he could go talk to the sister because he felt bad. <laughs> is that what that is? Yeah, I think, I think that was what that was. Did you think he just had a different <laughs> name? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> they knew but what, each other Okay, no, no, school. no. What is... What is more unbelievable, that his actual name was Billy Blue and he somehow hid that, or that he thought, I should make up a name so that she doesn't know who I really am, and the best he could come up with was Billy Blue? I think that actually, I mean, yeah. Do you think Freddie Prince Jr. had a moment where like they told him that and he was like, wait, my character made up a name and that's the name he made up? And they were like, uh-huh. And he was like... Could I? Could it be anything that's in? There? Could it <laughs> just be an A? I could don't it, know. I'm mean, like, could, <laughs> like, why do you have to make me sound that way? <laughs> well, I think because he's like a like a boy, right? He is. He's like the human embodiment of an all shucks. That's his yeah, character. Like a silly, like, li- a silly little boy. He is. He's just got his 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 wide eyes and his spiky hair, and he just seems very lost. And I think absolutely, I need to come up with a fake name. To deceive this woman so she doesn't know who I am. Something believable, something real, something you can... Uh, Billy Blue. B- Billy Blue. Blue Billy. That's what they yep. called me in high school. Oh, man. That's so bad. You thought that he changed his name? <laughs> yeah. I think you had your own Billy Blue moment there, sis. I was sitting here letting you finish that thought, just trying to process, like, I was trying to make sure that's what you really thought. And then when Taylor also was on the same page, I was like, okay, good, good, it's good, It's not good, a good. great movie. <laughs> I thought your defense. Of all, well, okay, you watched of all a different the different movie, points, Sid. <laughs> Of all the plot points that are questionable, that one to me makes sense. If he was going to pick a fake name, I believe that he would have come up with something like that. Although I guess, to be fair, he picks a fake name, Billy Blue, but Sarah Michelle Gellar's character, her real name is Helen Shivers. Yeah. yeah that's true. So. In this town, Billy Blue is probably an acceptable regular name. And this, as he calls it, quaint fishing village, mm-hmm. I think is what he calls it at one point. At least we don't live in a quaint fishing village. <laughs> you know how sometimes people say, I live in a quaint fish- fishing village. <laughs> Unironically. That's what I would say. Um, so uh, so then he, he manages. So what we eventually realize is Freddie Prince Jr. is not the murderer. No. He, he just no. Felt, never the obvious one. He just felt bad. So he got to know. It's Anne Heche, right? Playing the sister. That, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, she is playing the sister. I feel like she's the scariest thing in the movie. Because she's just always like slaughtering a pig. And yeah. like covered in blood. And just sort of like. Just on the borderline of maybe it's her. Like, it could be her. I That's what I thought. She does give off those vibes. Yeah. She, she does a good job of being very sinister. And, yeah. Yeah. But um, but first we have to off Ryan Phillippe. Well, Johnny Galecki. He's the first one. 
Man, he gets hooked through the <laughs> Johnny, chin there. Johnny Jalecki. Johnny ja- Jalecki Janny goes Jalecki. first. What did Johnny um, Jalecki do to deserve this? Like, why was he revenged nothing. at? <laughs> right? Why was he? He shouldn't have been revenged. No. No. So poor Janny Jalecki goes first. Just to um, be put, it just used to use as a prop, just to be put in a trunk covered in crabs. <laughs> The crabs are really what did it for me. I had to pause the movie right at that moment and take a breath like, okay, now I can keep going. Sometimes when there's like a body reveal in a horror movie, it's like, I want to see the cut of the killer arranging that. Like, yeah, you put the body in the trunk, like, oh, scary. But then he's like placing crabs, like one here, one right. Oh, (laughs) no, no, buddy, buddy, stay right here. Stay right here. Thank you. Like... Can you imagine him just like walking along the beach, kind of bent over with a little bucket, like digging through the sand? (laughs) I need some truck body crabs. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it kept him alive just so he could put him on the body. He put him back. He is killed. Yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar is killed. She doesn't have her Buffy powers in this. Well, before she's killed, though, I think that the se- now I do think that there is one genuinely terrifying sequence in this movie, and that is when she wakes up and her hair's all being cut off. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I-, I remember when I was young watching that and being like, "Oh my god, could you imagine?" <laughs> I'm too young to envision death, but waking up and somebody has has ruined your do. I that's love why. It. That's why I thought we weren't going to lose Sarah Michelle Gellar. I was like, oh, she's not going to die. She's just being like, you know, psychologically tormented. No. No, it was both. No, it was both. She's going to do that. And then she seemed more disturbed by her hair being cut than by soon that was written on her yeah. mirror. Yeah. The soon didn't bother her as so much as the hair. Which is wild. That well, would have gotten we, me. We established in the scene previously when her older sister said, you, you and your hair, that she loved her hair. Oh my god, she did say that, didn't no. she? Yes. Oh, they really said that one. <laughs> Which also, her sister walks in the room and says, "How's the washed up has been?" <laughs> Which is so. I mean, come on, like just <laughs> devastating. That her, her older sister is like, "How's the washed up has been?" Yeah. What? Well, you know, and her sister does get murdered in the department store when the killer is pursuing Sarah Michelle Geller. The sister's murdered, and it's just such an afterthought, but you can't care because it's like, well, that, that lady wasn't nice. She yep. was so mean. I mean, so mean. Oh. Like, how much do you hate each other? Anyway. So then, poor Sarah Michelle Geller, she's gone. We get to the moment where, like, Jennifer Love Hewitt thinks it's Freddie Prince Jr. So the guy that comes and knocks him out, she's like, thank goodness you're here, except dun-dun-dun, he's the murderer. Yep. It's the guy they didn't kill. Which, I'm sorry, that wasn't a very good plot twist. Yeah. I mean, like, you kind of expect it, right? Like, he came back to life the first time. Yeah, did A bunch of drunk teens just threw him in the water and they were like, well, that's that. Uh, well, done. see, I, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that because on second watch, I felt like, well, obviously it's him. Yeah. Well, but it, it, the who his identity is, it's a little convoluted because Anne Hayes' brother, who they thought it was, whose body washed up, it's not him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the right. implication is the guy who it actually is murdered that guy. So yeah. he was yeah. a murderer that they hit with their car, which kind of I felt like was this like, like moral eraser of like, see what they did was a good thing all along. They they hit a murderer with their car. That's good. 
They definitely knew they were doing a good thing. They didn't, though. And it doesn't make it better. (laughs) They definitely thought they were just murdering someone. Yes. It did seem weird that, like, there's this subplot of, like, no, there's this whole backstory of, like, Susie and and the other guy and their forbidden love and they're dead. And now there's this guy. It's very. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see him being a murderer, but, Mm -hmm. like, they didn't give me another person to think, oh, it's this guy the whole time. You know, there was no other good potential suspect. There really wasn't. Which is what's so good about a movie like Scream is everyone is a good potential suspect. Mm-hmm. Like, literally anyone could have done it at any point. You don't know who to, yeah. who to trust or who to believe until the very end. This was like... Which was true of the yeah. new Scream, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I felt the same way. Yeah. Um, it, it just seemed obvious. Uh, both Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. make it out. They have the most obvious, like, um, clearly he's not dead ending because all they're able to retrieve from the ocean is his hand. So like, and he used a hook to kill them and now his hand is gone and it just feels like, well, we all know where this is going, right? (laughs) He just made room for a hook. That's it. That's it. (laughs) You improved him. So at the very end, when she, when Jennifer Love Hewitt is a year later, she's at the shower room at college. She's happy. She's on the phone with her boyfriend, Freddie Prince Jr. Everything's great. When he shows up and writes on the mirror, like, I still know. And then bursts through the mirror. That I find it very unsurprising. Um, overall, I think the only reason that this movie... Because I feel like... Taylor, back me up. Everyone saw this movie. Yeah. It was... I mean, like, maybe it wasn't rated well, mm-hmm. but it was popular. I think at the time, it sat at the same place as a lot of the movies we previously mentioned scream final mm-hmm. destination urban legends they all were just that kind of floodgate of this style of teen horror movie that came out yes. um, i mean it makes sense it's it's definitely like a kind of horror movie that you want to watch with your friends and like you know oh my god here comes the big part he's gonna jump out of the mirror again or whatever like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you want to watch it and talk about it with people um that which to me is a different category of horror movie than this is one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's not like an enjoyable group experience. Scary ones, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? This is one of those. Yeah. yeah. So it's I think it's similar to Scream in that way. Where like it's not going to keep you up at night no. with nightmares. But it is a fun like, oh no. People are getting murdered and they're teens just like us. I feel like the problem with a movie like this is, especially if you've set up Jennifer Love Hewitt as your final girl, like... Freddie Prince Jr. is the final girl. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that. Oh, I think... I don't remember how the subsequent movies go, but I feel like he is expendable. Um, Well, I think there's... there's, I I still know what you did last summer. And then there was one in 2006. I I watched it recently and I kind of... I kept zoning out, honestly. It was called I Always... I think I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer. I'll always know. I don't think I saw that one. That did not have any of the original actors in it. So I think that the ties to the first movie are just the first two. Yeah. Um, so I, I also, didn't even know there was more than one. Yeah, well, and I also think, like, if you're going to make a franchise like that, you can't, and you're going to have actors like Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan Phillippe in the first one, you can't kill them off. You know? Well, you got to kill people, though. I mean, that's how horror movies work. 
Well, but I mean, that's I think that's the problem is like if if you're going to have people who are talented and enjoyable to watch on screen, don't kill them. Kill someone else. <laughs> Make their friend group larger and less charismatic. <laughs> that's that's fair. Did, did everyone know that they did a, a streaming series? I know what you did last summer, just last year. Oh, really? On Amazon Prime, huh. last vaguely, October and November, they did an I Know What You Did Last Summer that was canceled after one season. I vaguely remember that that was happening, but I never watched it. I had no idea. Well, yeah. I feel like it's it's hard to be to have that sort of, that same value where the Scream has that formula that you can keep kind of circulating, yeah. you know? And I mean, even like for most of the movies, you have such a good, sympathetic final girl that all this can revolve around. Mm-hmm. It's hard to... It's hard to care about these characters because the premise is they did something awful and they're kind of, they're not getting what they deserve, but it's, it, it's hard to really attach to any of the characters, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that, that's, you need that. You need to have the characters that you love and you want to see win in future movies. And if you don't have that, you can't really have that lo- longevity of a horror movie series. I, I, yeah. And I think, I think that if you're going to go at it that way. First of all, like obviously all the characters can't be as remorseful. You can have a central character who is very remorseful and you could you could do the work to make you kind of want that character to get redemption, you yeah. know, to kind of be rooting for your final girl or whoever to like. You know what? Yes, obviously we all do terrible things sometimes, but isn't there a way for us to make up for? Isn't there a path to redemption? Isn't there like you could ask that question in a really good movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I don't know that they were ready <laughs> to ask or answer any questions like that. Yeah. Because even the characters that seem to feel really bad and couldn't move on with their life, it's like, that still feels like an underreaction to murdering somebody. <laughs> right. Like, you, I mean, you did, you did go move on with your life. And then, like, here we are a year later at the end of the movie. And she's not only has she moved on with her life, she's happy. Mm-hmm. She did murder somebody. But she's had, and I know, like, I don't know if the justification is like, well, but then he got really mad about murdering him and he killed my friends. So it's all fair and square. <laughs> I don't think that murder works that way. No. I, well, I mean, I don't, I, will, I don't know from personal experience. I was going to say, I feel like I can't firsthand comment on that, but. Yeah, I don't know. I've never murdered From an outside anybody. perspective, I don't <laughs> think so. Um, I think, you know what, though, that it's really interesting when you think about, like, if you made a movie like this today. Uh, can you can you imagine teenage characters doing something terrible that traumatic and then having none of them like showing none of the like processing of that trauma none of them are in therapy none of them are seeking any sort of like mental health care psychiatric care any kind of anything like that none of them other than like my grades are bad Mm-hmm. I didn't make it as an actress in New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, none of them are suffering severe trauma and that being demonstrated very clearly in the film. I feel like that if you made that movie today, you'd have to because it would seem so unrealistic. Yeah. I'd be interested to know in that streaming series, which obviously I haven't watched because I didn't know about it until just <laughs> now. Um, I'd be interested to know if they did that and made it more. I mean, that was just last year. Because in the 90s, that's plausible. In the 90s, as a teen, nothing you went through was that bad. Right. And you weren't, like, if you said, like, I think I need help dealing with this trauma, then they said, you're a kid. What's wrong with you? You don't know problems. You don't know anything from problems. Wait till you're a grown-up and you pay taxes. Then you'll know problems. That was the 90s. Yeah. 
You know, I hadn't thought about it until just now, but it's interesting when you think about it, uh, like, in connection with, like, Heathers. Yeah. I mean, there's someone that kills people and feels guilty about it, but then, like, you're supposed to think maybe it's not that bad that she killed people. Because, I mean, JD is intentionally killing people. Yeah. Veronica's, like, kind of along for the ride. Um, Very similar. Mm -hmm. I guess she makes up for it in the end because she kills the bad guy. So, I mean, basically the same thing, right? Yeah. And like, but it, but that's very '90s to say like, if justice is served, you'll feel emotionally and psychologically fine now. Yeah. Now you're fine. Get back to work. <laughs> that's well, the '90s. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. Like, I definitely didn't have like any sort of I don't think class conscious awareness or anything when I first watched it as a kid. But watching it again, it's like I don't know. Four pretty affluent, well-off kids murder a guy and their only concern is their futures and that that is more important than this guy's life Mm -hmm. that they might lose scholarships and opportunities Mm -hmm. and that is enough to make you understand where they're coming from and that just that doesn't hold up (laughs) yeah no it's it's weird because i think if you want to do like a morality tale of how like if you if you make a mistake it's important to own it and atone for it in some way. And I don't mean that in a religious way, but like handle the consequences of your Mm -hmm. mistake. Um, It is important to do that because if you don't, it will continue to haunt you and may come back on you in a big way someday. That's like, that's the moral, right? Of the story. That's the, the tale we're telling. But I think the problem is that they cast for, and with with Janie Jalecki, five, (laughs) attractive, (laughs) popular, Yeah, <laughs> he Poor got Jane. a raw Poor. deal in this. But he did nothing wrong. He pulled <laughs> over and tried to help. No, <laughs> but they they cast these attractive, popular teen actors, and like you can't just have them all suffer and die. You have to have somebody win. You have to have somebody be sympathetic, and so you can't really tell that that like the moral of the story is Jennifer Love Hewitt's fine. <laughs> yep. So everything's fine. So it's fine. Yeah, but I mean, it is. Like I said, it is enjoyable. Yeah. I think. Like, if you, which sometimes I want to watch a horror movie in October mm-hmm. where I got to think about it, like, what is going to happen next? And I get real scared <laughs> and got to sleep with the lights on. But sometimes I want to turn on one where I'm just like, let me just tune out of the world mm-hmm. for an hour and a half. And this is one of those. And I do think it, want- oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I would say, I do think it has some really good sequences in it. I think. Oh, that yeah. That- the haircutting, the the whole parade sequence where Sarah mm-hmm. Michelle Gellar is is trying to locate the killer that's that's scary. That's genuinely yeah. good. Jennifer Love Hewitt spinning around in a circle, screaming, "What are you waiting for?" <laughs> like, oh, I love that's that that's, scene. That's a classic scene from it. Ryan Phillippe getting killed up in the balcony yeah. while uh-huh. Sarah Michelle Gellar watches from the stage during the pageant. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good. That's a good scene. That's yeah. horrifying. Um, I it also by the way, side note. That looks like the exact same room where uh, Dawson's Creek held their Fish Queen pageant. I'm sure it's not. But the set looks identical to the room where Joey Potter ran for Fish Queen or whatever the queen was of, of their little sleepy seaside town. Is, is this just like a, a, a parallel? Like, Or was this all happening in the same small fishing town? Ooh. Some of the teens were having angsty romantic interactions and some teens murdered a guy i don't ever remember any interaction like i don't think any of these stars ever guested on 
Dawson's to my recollection. So I think you can say they all exist in the same. Um, that's going to be mean, my, my extended universe is that Dawson's Creek go. and I know what you did last summer exist in the same universe. Like they're neighboring sleepy fish towns. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're obviously this wasn't Cape Side because they, they didn't call it Cape Side, but the it's SFTCU, the sleepy fish town cinematic universe. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. Just just up the creek, you've got people having intense, angsty teen drama about like boyfriends and girlfriends, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then here we've got murder, <laughs> all in the same sleepy fishy town. Just trying to think of other movies uh-huh. that might fall into that. I don't know. Can we rename the movie "The Twisted Tale of Janie Jalecki and the Fish Queen"? <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other movie. That's a whole. How long have you been sitting on that reboot. title? I just, just I, think about the whole. That episode. came just out about a minute. so easy. Okay, just about a minute. I thought of about a minute, about a minute ago, okay. but I thought it was a. <laughs> Janie Jalecki. Janie Jalecki, love Janie Jalecki. Um, well, all right. <laughs> Thank you both. Um, I enjoyed. If if nothing else, I love I love seeing that classic '90s actors in classic '90s fashion. It takes me back. Yeah. Uh, Tay, what's next? Uh, so I, I, I thought hard about this because I get to pick the horror movie for for the last week of spooky season. The spookiest um, week. The spookiest week. Uh, and I, I more. I, I don't think either of you've seen this, and I think you'll enjoy it. I want to talk about May, which was a 2002 uh, horror movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a weird one. Uh, anybody that goes in blind to watch it, I will warn you, it is gory. Uh, sort of a a a girl frankenstein story but i love it it's great it's very of its time all right i'm excited well we will check out may for next week um thank you both um i know you did last summer you can watch that or the sequel or the one in 2006 or i guess the new streaming series that came out last year it was already (laughs) canceled and was already canceled so can't say that's a ringing endorsement (laughs) got a season lots of options yep um, thank you to Maximum Fun. You should go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the great shows there. Uh, you can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at StillBuffering at MaximumFun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am too. Forget about poor Janet. Do you like me on vacation? Danny, you're, you're, wait, one of the vacations. Christmas, Christmas vacation. Christmas vacation. Yeah. Daniel Zalecki's in Christmas vacation. I don't forget about that. Okay. Oh, little, yeah. little JJ. Little JJ. <laughs> oh. <laughs> little JJ. From <laughs> the fish hook. Oh. You're in a theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she just stand up to her? Oh God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? If you've ever recognized yourself in a movie, then join me, Jordan Cruciola, for the podcast Feeling Seen. We've talked to author Susan Orlean on realizing her own marriage was falling apart after watching Adaptation, an adaptation of her own work, and comedian Hari Kondabolu on why Harold and Kumar was a depressingly important movie for Southeast Asians. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.